0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio, Radio, 630
1: Chad. Well, Bo knows how to beat the Oilers. Horvat with two goals tonight and the Canucks edge Edmonton 3-2. Brandon Sutter also scored. Chris Russell and Ryan Nugent Hopkins had the goals for the Oilers who fall to 1-1 and on the young season. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 11-15. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. The game started wonderfully for the Edmonton Oilers. They got a goal a minute 18, or a minute 08 in. After that, though, the Canucks, the better team, the Oilers pushed late, could not tie it up. Well, Rob, we know the Canucks from last... No, they do. they did have a coaching change from last year. The Oilers did well against them last year, but the Canucks were stingy. They were resilient. They made it difficult on the Oilers. They d- defended well, and they did a lot of things, a lot of those things tonight, plus I thought they played with a little more energy in the offensive end compared to what they were able to do last year.
2: Well, yeah, they were they were beat up last year. A ton of injuries for the Vancouver Canucks, but what we always saw out of them was uh, a game, a chip. They came with a battle level. Uh, they came with uh, emotion, intensity, things that you need. They just didn't have the... Offensive ability to, to compete in a, in a lot of the games. Well, they got a Bo Horvat who's now taking steps forward, and, and and so much so that the Sedins are only playing 13 minutes a night because their star players are not the stars anymore, and they got these young kids coming in and and, and playing well and giving them that you know that goal scoring that they didn't have before, and then they get good goaltending. You know, Markstrom comes in, and the first goal was not a good goal by Russell, but he battles back. So I like what. You know, Travis Green has come in with his team and, and is trying to get an identity with them. I don't think the Vancouver Canucks, they went through a stretch where everybody hated the Canucks because they were a nasty team to play against. They got away from that and they just became a vanilla team for a long time. Time And you can't be a vanilla team if you don't have skill. Like, if you're going to be like a ho-hum team, well, you better be able to beat a team 5-1 or 5-2. They didn't have the emotion, didn't have the intensity, didn't have the, the nastiness about them anymore, and they weren't good. Well, now they don't have as high a skill level as some of the other teams, but they battled hard. And it, it, this turned into be a much more entertaining game. It didn't come out, turn out the way we wanted it to. But going into this game, I'm thinking, okay, the Oilers are a very good team. The Canucks are not going to be a very good team at all. Yet the Canucks came in and, and played well, and it turned into a very exciting game that the Oilers, the end of the game, probably got what they deserved.
1: So 3-2 is your final. The Oilers tonight, if you want to look at some of the little things that add up to a zero in the standings, Talbot a rare bad goal against, sneaking one in, uh, one snuck behind him on the short side. I mean, you're shorthanded seven times, even though they killed off six of those. I mean, there's a whole bunch of time you're not on the attack. And especially in the second period, uh, maybe a couple times overpassing and just unable to generate a clean look for a good shot on goal.
2: Yeah, I, we talked about in the first game, and Todd McCullen alluded to it, that last year they had to outscore their mistakes. But in game one, there were no mistakes. They weren't in the penalty box. They weren't turning the pucks over. Tonight was the opposite. It was a prey to the, the penalty box. And and I don't know if there's any of the penalties that we saw. that would say, you know, the ref probably probably couldn't have called it or shouldn't have called that. They they deserved it because they were chasing. They were getting out-battled. And in the second period, there was a number of very good opportunities that you you, you think, okay, now should they have shot it because they were getting deflected, or were the Canucks just really good at getting sticks in lanes? It's probably a little bit of both. But when you're behind in a game, put pucks on net. You put pucks on net, good things can happen. And tonight the Oilers passed up on too many opportunities to put the puck on net and try and create a rebound chance and at the end of the day they fell one short.
1: So Talbot was replaced after allowing three goals on seven shots or adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Laurent Bressois comes in, did absolutely everything he could to try to give the Oilers a chance to possibly steal a point out of this one. 19 saves on 19
2: shots. Well, Bob and Jack talked about it at the end of the period that the Oilers outshot the Vancouver Canucks, but the Vancouver Canucks had the better scoring chances, and a number of those were against uh, LB in net. He faced two or three breakaways, uh, one of them shorthanded that actually could have cemented the game for the Vancouver Canucks, make saves on that. Uh, A number of redirections in front of the net. Giveaways in the Oilers' zone that created Vancouver Canucks chances coming right back at Brassois, and he was very, very good. And that's what the Oilers needed. They were, There was a lot of question marks. Can he carry the load as a complete backup goalie? Can he give Talbot enough days of rest, enough games off? Now it's a small sample size. But LeBrassois had a good preseason, and here he came in, and this is what a backup goalie has to do. He has to come in in games when the, your, your starter's having a tough night. He came in and gave him a chance to win. The others just weren't able to get that extra goal, but Bersois did his job tonight.
1: So 3-2, the Canucks take it. You can reach us, 780-496-0063. We'll start off with Alex on
3: line one. Alex, thanks a lot for calling. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, well, geez, you guys nailed everything tonight. I mean, I, I, mean, I could have leaned in on Talbot tonight, too. He looked like he was way back in his net on all three goals. I disagree with Bob Stoffer saying that uh, our number four was stellar because that was Russell's puck in the back of the net. And, of course, that third goal, you know, he wasn't stopping anything tonight. Obviously, Bressois was a shining uh, light tonight. But here's here's the point I want to make that I don't think was touched on tonight. And, uh, you know, if McDavid, if he, uh, Dorset was in his grill all night, you know, and obviously McDavid bought into it, you know, he was getting frustrated and got him off his game a bit. And, I mean, he gave that puck away at the end, that power play, too. I mean, I've never seen uh, McDavid make a bonehead play like that. But here's where I think that – here's where I think if you're looking at the small things in a game, I'd like to see McClellan support – our McDavid, okay? And why don't you put Lucic on that top line during some point in their game? Because Maroon certainly wasn't whispering in their ear. And I'd like to hear your comments on that because they didn't hear that tonight. Maybe maybe it was brought up. But I think that's where, you know what, hey – Let's change it up. Let's change the lineup for a little bit there. McDavid is obviously getting peed off. Let's put Lucic up there and whisper in Dorsett's ear.
1: Yeah, no, fair question, Alex. Because Dorsett was doing—I mean, that's why part of the yep. reason he's in the NHL. Uh, I mean, Maroon—I think he got involved with him a bit when McDavid got the slashing penalty.
2: I, I honestly—I don't think you could put anyone with Connor McDavid against Dorsett. It's not going to affect Dorsett. Milan Lucic is a scary individual. And he understands his role and he does it well, but Dorsett, he just doesn't. He's just got. He's fearless, and it's not going to change the way he plays against Connor. Connor, uh, all great players have to find a way to play through that, because there's some nights where the ref doesn't see it the same way that you feel you see it. But as again, it's human nature, and sometimes even the best get frustrated. And the frustration came through a little bit. And Dorsett, I mean, as Bob said, could easily have been one of the stars, if not the first star of the game, because he took away the Edmonton Oilers' best player and made him, you know, insignificant in this game. And any player that can do that to Connor McDavid has done a yeoman's job. So I understand your reasoning of putting Lucic there, I honestly don't believe that anyone's going to intimidate Dorsett. He's a tough kid that's, uh, he's played this way his whole career and he's done a very, very good job of it. And Alex obviously echoed
1: our comments on Brassois, who is tonight's fourth star of the game. For Missioner Allen Auctioneering, check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. The three stars is picked by Hockey Night in Canada, Horvat, Russell, and Markstrom in that order. And yeah, Russell did get two points, and uh, he had the one puck deflect off his skate in front of the net for the uh, Sutter goal, one where Talbot actually thought it was being rimmed around, and Sutter just uh, swooped in there and, and put it right up under the crossbar. So that helped the Canucks win at 3-2. We will have post-game reactions from Vancouver as soon as we get it. We'll check the entire out-of-town scoreboard, but I can tell you, at the moment, the Oilers and the rest of the Pacific Division are chasing the first-place Vegas Golden Knights who have not lost a game in the history of their franchise.
2: I mean, I had that. Did you not have that? I knew they were going to do that. Unbelievable. And you wondered this summer if the Nashville Predators would miss James Neal in their lineup, a big part of their team. Well, he's become a big part of the Las Vegas team. Is he now, I believe, three goals now in the season in two games? And they've only scored four? Is that not correct? Does he have two or three? Did he have two tonight or one? He had one tonight. Okay. Somebody else tied it. More How many did he sports. have last night? Uh, I he he a scored I in both games.
1: He scored in both games. I thought he had two of the four. Two of the four. That's not bad, 50%. Oh, no, he does have three. You're right. Yeah, he does have three.
2: He's got 75%. Yeah, so 75%. (laughs) So Neil has done his job at Fleury. I don't know who played goal tonight for Las Vegas. Last night it was Flurry who had 45 saves for them. Again, what this shows, though, Reid, is in the National Hockey League, anybody can beat anyone on any given night if you don't bring your A game. And here's the Vancouver Canucks people picking the bottom three. They win a big game tonight vegas who people picked to be last or dead last now have two wins and two tries on the season so you've got to bring your A game, and it's a wake-up call to the rest of the teams around the National Hockey League.
1: Yeah, Fleury played. He had 27 saves tonight. So
2: 2-0 and so, on the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, 82 games. That's why they play 82. I don't yeah. think Vegas is going gonna, is gonna to keep rolling, but good for them to get uh, to get a good start for sure. Oilers lose 3-2 to the Canucks. They scored first. They scored last, but the Canucks got three in between, so they're 1-1 and on the season. We have Robert at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three.
3: 63 Hey, Robert. Hey, Reid. Hey, Rob. How you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing well. Yeah, well, no. Tonight, I wanna I wanna touch on a couple things first. First, I wanna touch on on Talbot. I mean, obviously off nights but I but I mean, you know what? I would I would uh, I would throw him back in there on on Monday against Winnipeg. I mean, you know uh, Every goalie has a, has an off night. This is this is one of those nights for Talbot.
2: Yeah, yeah, we were talking about Reed and I off air, and I can see both sides. I, I would go back with Talbot for the simple reason he's your number one guy. You don't want him to sit on a, an off night very long, and he you know, he deserves to be in there. I can also see the other say, well, Berzois played well, give him a second shot. But I do believe what you said first. I think Talbot will play Monday against Winnipeg.
1: I think, Robert, too, This it's a weird schedule for the Oilers. They play Monday, then they don't play again until Saturday. So I wonder if you'd want Talbot sitting out for an entire week. You know what I mean? Because the schedule is so odd. But 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 I mean, Lb deserves to get in there asap. I think.
3: Yeah. No. Another now. Now my other point tonight would be on McDavid and like and like you guys touched on earlier, Dorsett did a did, did a whale of a job getting McDavid off his game and frustrating him and you know, and making McDavid buy into the. Hacking and the lacking and the slashing, and and you know what, Connor McDavid, we all know, as you guys said earlier, is not nearly as effective when he, he buys into
1: that stuff. Yeah, fair point. Thanks, Robert. We appreciate the call. And that, and that's, and, and look, we had this debate a lot uh, in the past, Rob. More so when the Oilers, well, just a couple of years ago, when they were usually in the in the bottom three in the league. Uh, and I mean, you you've been out there, and I, I'll tee you up this way because. You need the beef on your team, mm-hmm. right? You need, yep. the tu- you need the tough guys. You need guys who are going to stand up for your teammates. McClellan said that's one of the reasons Adam Larson is, is now wearing an A, because he'll put his teammates before himself. He'll step in there and protect, and he'll hit. Um, but in the alpha male world of hockey players, there's also, I think, some of that, well, let me take care of myself. Don't run to my defense every time some guy touches me. And, and I think, you know, McDavid... He's not a he's not a little wilting flower out there too. I mean, he's been the, he's had the target since he was probably seven years
2: old. Yeah, uh, yes. So no, this isn't it's a surprise. You know, it's guy to Kind of both
1: sides of it, right? It is,
2: and in the game tonight, when when a player, if you're on a team, if someone does something that is crosses the line, then the players should be diving off the bench to help you. If in part of the game, players or physical against you, you do not want every time someone hits you or pushes you or stares at you funny to come over there and protect you. Because eventually you're going to be, get a name around the league. And the guys now just, the verbal barrage is going to be huge because, oh, we're going to have to go protect you. Who's coming over to save you now? Players don't want that. Now there's going to be a time where you need someone to step up for you, but Tonight was wasn't the time for someone to go out and drop the gloves and beat him up and take a seven minute penalty just because. Having said that, they were the oilers were physical on Dorset. Nugent Hopkins hit him after the whistle. Maroon sent him flying after the whistle. There was verbal back and forth all game long. They showed it a couple times. Louis Debrusque on the, the telecast talked about it. And they also showed a number of times on the, the replay. Connor was the one initiating. Yep. sometimes, and that's the part it's tough for a player like Connor McDavid because you want to initiate it at times you want to get even, you want to show I'm going to stand up for myself but every time you get engaged with a Derek Dorsett or an Alex Burrows or, or, or whoever it is around the National Hockey League that does that for his team then that player is winning they're getting off on that, they're going back to the bench smile on their face, like, you know what, I got him I'm under his skin and that is a win for them, so it's hard to stay away from it. It really, really is. But when C- Connor goes and scores a goal, and skates by the bench and winks at him, or after, and we saw it in Philadelphia, he scored a goal and right on the ice turned and said something yeah. to him. That feels good. <laughs> that's how you get even.
1: Yeah, and and that's and and you make a good point. I think about Dorsett is not the type of guy that'll stop playing that way, even if he has to fight. And from an Oilers perspective, I mean, Zach Cassian is that example, and we've seen him do. That. I mean, last year when he uh, ran, was it ekman Larson behind the net in Arizona, turned around and just punched the first coyote yeah. that, that came in. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, some guys, some guys know they're not fighters, and if and if Lou Cheech or Cassian skates up to a guy and says, "Please don't do that again," they won't yeah. do it again. But Dorset is not going to stop. And from a flip side, if Cassian last year in the playoffs was bugging. Um, Pavelski, and, and who did he drill in that one game? You know, he drilled a couple guys. Kachur, Logan Jose. Couture, just about yeah, just killed the and, kid. And, I mean, and he wasn't going to stop, no. Right, no matter what San Jose said to him.
2: If, if Bo Horvat tonight went after Connor McDavid on a shift, and the next shift, Lou Cheech came out there and said, okay, Bo, if you want to make it through this game, you're going to start playing hockey and quit being silly, Bo Horvat's going to pay attention to that. Right. Derek Dorsett's not. Now, Derek Dorsett will have to pay for it if he does something stupid, but he didn't. He did everything perfect. I mean, I don't know. Did Dorsett have a penalty tonight? I don't think he did. So he played against Connor McDavid and got him off his game doing everything that just up to the line. Little hooks, little little back, little talking, physical play, finishing checks, all the things you have to do. If you're going to play Connor McDavid, you must do that because if you don't do that... If you, like Con- the Calgary Flames, the other night I don't know if they threw a hit against Connor McDavid. Right, Connor McDavid could have had ten goals in and, that game, and
1: it made it made it easier for Dorsett to do that because the Canucks had the lead. Yes, right, because he's probably not playing quite as much if they're down two hundred yeah, right. 2 nothing, right? So that you know it, things just leaked in the Canucks' favor tonight, and full marks to them for beating the Oilers three two. We'll get back to the phone calls in a minute. Todd McClellan is the head coach of your Oilers.
0: Jump in their season opener. Just how, how did you find your guys? countered that tonight well obviously not very well um, I thought we were gonna play a, a cute control type game and they played a scrappy hard game by the time we figured that out it was a little too late um, they had the lead and uh, we wanted to compete and play harder down the, the stretch the last 10 minutes of the game but gave away the other 50 so it's disappointing Just mistakes you made too. you didn't make I don't think you made a mistake in the first game well we made um, a large amount of mistakes tonight a lot of, uh, pardon me. Oh, we made a, a large amount of uh, mistakes tonight. Um, their chances not only were they grade A, but they were triple A. And I thought LB played tremendous. He kept us, uh, kept us in it, and gave us a chance to the better end. Uh, so good for him. Talk process of pulling cam early in the
3: second.
4: Wasn't
0: sharp. Back. The team wasn't sharp. Trying to change things it's a rare goal that they would score on cam like that it looked like he had the post but well, I didn't think the first one was that sharp either Deep in the neck. yeah I can't blame them on the second one at all that was d uh, men that overhandled the puck I thought we did that way too much early in the game um, you know they're a quick hard team and uh, I don't think we understood it we tried setting the table for our players they didn't quite understand it until it was too late you cut the four defensemen Nurse obviously played better than Benning, because Benning didn't play? as uh, Matt, he struggled, I thought, tonight. Um, you know, he, he's had an average camp. You thought he played really well in the first game and and tonight, right from the get-go, he was just average. How would you assess David and Dreisaitl as a duo through two games? Uh, well, through the first game, they were tremendous. Uh, tonight, I didn't think they got a lot done. A lot of their their play was east-west at the blue line instead of straight attack at the net. Um, you know, when they get desperate at the back end of it, they were uh, they were much better, but <coughs> I can't just rely on those two every night. We had some chances,
5: like in the second period, there, the opening came out of the
0: box. And well, we had a three on one, and we had a four on two, and didn't even get a shot on goal. We, uh, our power play was abysmal. Um, you know, they had four shots, short-handed shots. We had three on our power play. We had five of them. So it gives you an indication of where we were tonight. as a It wasn't club. that great in the first game either play was okay yeah we had what one chance yeah. or whatever it was i don't can't even remember one or two chances um it has to get better did
5: you see some of your other forwards come on the game yeah. well? i thought
0: Nuge's line played well they had uh, numerous chances and um you know we killed seven penalties again tonight so that took a lot of players out of the game
3: yes, if any problem,
0: can it be lb's performance oh today? it has to be lb's performance what a what a job coming in um Tremendous saves. Like I said, triple-A uh, chance is not single-A, but triple-A. You <coughs> got the job done. All right, well, as usual, a blunt,
1: a blunt assessment from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. They lose 3-2 in Vancouver. He did touch on Nugent Hopkins' line, which he, he said he thought, you know, overall had a, had a decent game. And Lucic, the left winger, and Cassian up on, on the right side. And, you know, they're, they're going to have to score five-on-five five to be... You know, to really be effective, New's got a power play goal tonight, but Cassian has made a pretty big difference there.
2: He has. Uh, he's a guy that, I don't know, he, he drives his line. Guys follow him. Like he, he gets pucks in on four checks. He creates a play down low with a big hit, and then guys swoop in and get the puck. He uses his speed to create odd man rushes. He's got a tenacity out there that throws the other guys off a little bit. When when they see Cassian on the ice, most teams or players on the ice, they're looking over both shoulders. They need to know where he is at all times because he has the ability to throw that big hit and a little bit nastiness at times as well. So uh, he was excellent through the preseason on the fourth line and he's been very, very good playing up with Lucic and Nugent Hopkins and they have been uh, the last four periods since Cassian went up there. They've been they've been very very good and tonight were by far the best line for the Edmonton Oilers.
1: And I should correct myself; they did score five on five because yes. that was the line yep. on for the Russell goal. So there we go. Oilers lose, however, 3-2. three two seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll bring uh, bring Greg onto the show. Hey, Greg. Hi guys,
3: how's it going? Hey, we're doing okay. I actually got overruled by my daughter and she wants to talk to you guys. So okay, here what,
1: we go. What's her name?
3: Her name is Haley. Okay.
6: Say hi. Uh
1: hi. Hey Haley, go ahead
6: um so the Oilers are awesome my dad knows that that i know and that my dad is like wearing a mcdavid jersey right now see, need to play better. And the oilers to better and my dad told me to say this right now <laughs> my dad told me to say that the oilers need to play better
3: hey, who's, your boyf- who's your boyfriend who's your No one. Connor McDavid. Oh, my. Okay.
6: I'm not. (laughs) All
1: right. (laughs) Well, that's an interesting call. Greg, I hope you and Haley and your family have a great Thanksgiving, okay? Thank you. All right, that's Greg at seven, eight, and Haley at 780 63 Okay, we got to take a quick timeout. We, we're going to get to more phone calls because we've got a lot to talk about. You're going to hear from Laurent Brassois, who was excellent in relief tonight. However, the Oilers lose 3-2. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This
0: is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
2: Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins
0: on Oilers Radio,
1: 630 Chan. Couldn't get it on net, Delzano stretch pass, breakaway for Berchi. Rich shot denied, rebound denied! Laurent Brassois comes up with two huge saves! All right, that's your save of the game. From Armor Insurance, protect your car, home, and business with Armor at ArmorInsurance.ca. Laurent Brossois, in relief of Cam Talbot, makes 19 saves in a 3-2 Oilers loss. Here is the man they call LB.
7: Yeah, no, I felt pretty good out there. Felt like I, I uh, was seeing the clock and gave us a chance. But I mean, without the win, it's, uh, it's still discouraging. How tough was it to come in when it's you've sat
3: for over a period and then you're in there and all of a sudden the other all the momentum's on
7: their side because you just scored goal. Yeah, I mean it's it's obviously not an ideal situation that you want to come into, but I mean it's these are the opportunities that I'll get and are the opportunities that I've been preparing for.
1: Rationale coming in is I can't give them another goal. Is that
7: what the back of is you're already down to it. I just kind of can't give him another goal. I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't really describe it like that. I would just always say that I'm looking at the next puck. Uh, I mean, whatever the score is, I'm just trying to stop the puck. To break away
5: to
0: stop, I mean, those are two, you know, could have turned it again without giving your team a
4: shot at the end of the game to make it safe.
7: Yeah, thank you. I mean, those are always really nice. Uh, it's a good feeling to make those stops to, to keep us in it. A long delay that helped hurt? Was that tough? Sorry? The delay that lasted, was that Um No, I mean, it's it's whatever.
3: Does it help you, like a surprise you get
7: thrown in or give you a chance to sort of? You know, yeah, a little bit. Um, give me a chance to get a little bit more warm than I probably would have been able to um, without that little bit of a delay. So, yeah, I guess that was pretty nice. Any games where uh, but doesn't start and finish? He doesn't have too many of those games where he gets pulled,
5: but I guess he had a starter every now and then it just doesn't work
7: out yeah no those aren't the type of circumstances that you want um, to see yourself going into and, and you don't, you never want to see a teammate go down like that um, but you know it's early in the season and um, the details are going to come back to us and I mean, you're not going to see that from Talbot very often this season. All right,
1: Laurent Bressois gave the Oilers a chance tonight. Talbot allowed three goals on seven shots, was pulled 32 seconds into the second period with the Oilers down 3-1. Brassois stopped everything, all 19. Oilers couldn't pull even. They lose 3-2 to the Canucks. Thanks for tuning in. It's 11.43, overtime open line, courtesy of the Canadian Brewhouse from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, and we welcome Cam to the show. Cam, thanks for calling in man what's going
5: on happy happy thanksgiving boys thank you so i thought nugent hopkins has really evolved um i thought he looked stronger and uh just looked great on the puck tonight just just really different player and uh what saw as well i mean i i don't know what you do i mean obviously the professional thing to do would be to go back to uh Talbot, but to me that wasn't a knee jerk. I, uh, I thought Talbot let in some weak goals last year in the playoffs. I thought the goaltending was maybe the difference in that Anaheim series. I know refereeing wasn't very good, but I, I just uh, I thought maybe he was he was a little bit, uh, hey, the weak ones. The weak ones kill you, and I thought there was one or two weak ones tonight, and I thought it was the difference. And then Dorsett, I was just going to say, Rob, you mentioned that he you'll never intimidate him. I had a chance to watch him play midget AAA when he was 17, he barely made the team. By the end of the year, he was the best player on the team, uh, very good at the Max tournament, and then he got called up to Kindersley in the Royal Bank Cup. Uh, first game or two of the tournament, he was in Grand Prairie, he was a little bit weak. By the end of it, I think he ended up being a tournament all-star, I'm pretty sure he was. The next year, he started the year in Kindersley, it Was you know wasn't maybe good enough to even play at that level necessarily made it, then got called up to Medicine Hat that year in the playoffs and was the MVP of the Medicine Hat Tigers when they went to Memorial Cup. So, yeah, this is a very, very special player, mentally resilient, And I thought he was the difference tonight. So I thought that was really good, Rob, that you identified him because I thought he was really the difference in that game tonight. So I'll just let you guys talk and wish you all the best and a happy Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, same to you, Cam. 2004 Royal Bank Cup hosted by the Grand Prairie Storm, won by the Aurora Tigers over the King's Clippers because I was covering the AGHL at that time. Thanks for bringing that up, Cam.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's a good memory by Cam. I can't remember where I played then, let alone someone else. But... Uh, Dorsett was good. He was very good, and he's one of those guys that every team could use a player like that. He's a he's he's a leader. Guys follow guys like that. So he was excellent tonight. Uh, Bersois was excellent tonight. But I do believe, and you and I both agree, Cam Talbot will be in net on Monday against the Winnipeg Jets.
1: All right, so 3-2, the Canucks take it. We have Markin standing by on the line. Hey, Markin, thanks for calling. Hey, buddy. Hey, go
5: ahead. Hey, I just thought that the Oilers... Uh... On the odd man rushes there, I know McClellan touched on it, they just never got the, the they never shot when they should have, never passed when they should have it seemed like, the Lutessu just ripped one into the ice shin pad. like what was that about? I think that they were just making the mistakes in and the zone entries were just kind of terrible all night, like Vancouver was moving it through the neutral zone, way better than the Oilers were and that shouldn't have happened with the speed they have, right?
2: Uh, the Oilers were sloppy, I think they were sloppy right from the beginning, there was a number of times on the power play they were breaking out. Uh, Benning, for once, he ran into the guy he was going that he was trying to <laughs> go around. He just ran into him. Passes were off all night long. Connor McDavid, as one of the callers said, it's the first time he'd seen, a, he called it a bonehead play, but I, I don't know if I can count on one hand how many times I've seen Connor McDavid make a pass that is intercepted by the other team. And most players have a dozen a game, but I've I, 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 you never see that goes for a breakaway. Dry Dreisaitl's passes were off. It just was a, a, an ugly game for the Oilers possession-wise. It was an ugly game for them battle-wise. And at the end of the night, the, the team that was the better team in the game got the two points because Vancouver was the better team tonight.
1: Are you ready to finish the play, buddy? Sure. Okay, put you on hold there so you can hear it. You got an eight-day parking pass to JetSet Set U Park, brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. Here's the clue. Chris Russell has the game's only goal. It's one to the Here's Bo Horvath gliding in. All right, that is Horvat's first goal of the game. True or false, goaltender Jacob Markstrom got an assist on that goal.
5: Uh oh, I'm gonna go fall yeah, yeah. back. No, 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 no. Say it the other way. Say it the other way. <laughs> Don't you.
1: Say yes. Yes, he's correct.
5: You wanna play it, Kellen,
1: since you since you did all the editing? Chris Russell has the game's only goal. It's one other it Here's
6: Bo
3: Horvat gliding in. Tucks it home on
6: camp.
1: All right. It was Horvat from Hutton and Markstrom, and I'll steal this from Dave Randorf off the TV broadcast. Uh, Markstrom with three career assists, two of them against the Oilers.
2: You got to mark him you when gotta he's gotta out mark there. Him. You can't let him move the puck. He's too good against us. <laughs> uh, he was good tonight. Excellent. Uh, yeah, he, he let in the first goal was weak. I. It was one of those ones where you think, oh, oh you let one minute into the game, the Oilers are going to run all over them. But Markstrom, after that, was outstanding the rest of the night and was the difference in the hockey game.
1: So the Oilers get two. That means a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They're given 25 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season, so the total now up to 125 And you can track that on the Oilers page on 630Chud.com. Kent from Ottawa, standing by. Hey,
6: Kent. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call, and happy Thanksgiving. Thank um, you. L- last week I uh, texted in saying that I would like to see uh, Nurse playing with uh, uh, playing with Adam Larson, uh, because Greba is well, I mean, he's barely an NHL defenseman, it seems like, or he's on the threshold anyways and uh it happened in the third period i didn't get a chance to watch the first and the second periods. i was listening to the game and when you're listening on the radio it's hard to know what they were doing with the defensive pairings but what why do you think that switch was was it because like nurse and um larson were uh making too many mistakes or was it a question of getting a matchup that they wanted or i was i was just wanted to hear you guys talk a little bit about that and there was also Clefbaum and griva playing together
2: yeah well the, the the d were mixed around a lot in the third period uh, matt benning uh he did not he had a, he struggled tonight it, it was uh, an off night for matt he didn't get the ice time he normally gets tonight. He only got 14 minutes. So in the third period, there was some mix and matching going just because they were double shifting. Nurse and Larson and Clefbaum and Russell Moore and Greiba and Benning got limited num- minutes in the third period. And that's why you saw different pairings in the third period. I would imagine come Monday, Nurse and Griba will be back together, although there's always a chance... Ovito could go into the lineup at mm. some point. I'm not sure if it'll be Monday or not.
1: Yeah, McClellan like was critical. See... McClellan was critical of Benning. like he, he said he wasn't overly yeah. happy with his preseason, thought he had a good game one and then not great tonight. So you're only talking your coach thinks you only played one good game out of five or six. You, you couldn't mm-hmm. be a scratch.
6: I saw Simpson like in person on the preseason game against the hurricanes that was in Edmonton. And I thought he was really good in that game, and I think he was even playing on his offside. Off do you think there's a chance we might see him called up, like in the next little bit? Or
2: I, I don't think, unless there's an injury, you'll see Dylan Simpson. Mm-hmm. I just they've they've got they've got seven healthy defensemen here right now. Uh, Ovitu is on OV2's a on one way. He's on a one way ticket, so they're not sending him down to the minors. Uh, Griva is. I mean, he he does what he's supposed to do. I mean, he's not going to be a great mover of the puck, but he brings a physical force to the to the back end, and he's going to get number six minutes on the team. So I don't think you'll see Dylan Simpson or any other defenseman up here unless there's an injury on the back end.
1: All right, thanks, Kent. 780-496-0063. It's 11.52. Oilers fall 3-2 in Vancouver. You'll hear from Lucic and Dreisaitl as we move along. We'll check a busy out-of-town scoreboard. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast, Center.
0: Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. Six thirty, chair.
1: The Canucks edge the Oilers 3-2 tonight. Bo Horvat scores twice. Chris Russell and Ryan Nugent-Hopkins had the goals for Edmonton as we check the Advantage trailer rental scoreboard. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Maple Leafs over the Rangers 8-5. An absolute wild one.
2: That's a fun one. Leafs have a 5-1 lead. Game's over. Now it's 5-5. New York ties it up. Then uh, a goal that was scored that looked like it was offside. The New York Rangers... uh, they throw the to- red towel onto the ice. They want to challenge the <laughs> it's, goal. There's not actually a red towel. It, they, well, was, people are going to believe you, Rob. There should be. That would be way that cooler. There, be be way, Way better. Or maybe
1: like a rubber hand or something. A rubber chicken. Maybe a rubber chicken <laughs> well, gets thrown throw, They yes. should have the challenge chicken.
2: So they can That's get a it. sponsor. Oh, my God. That is, that is genius. Gary Bettman, call us now. <laughs> so they challenge it. It is ruled a goal. And then because it was a bad challenge on the part of the New York Rangers. They get a penalty. Toronto scores again. They end up winning the game 8-5.
1: Devils beat the Avalanche 4-1. Red Wings over the Senators 2-1 in a shootout. Panthers over the Lightning 5-4. The Islanders beat the Sabres 6-3. In the second period, the Islanders scored shorthanded goals 50 seconds apart. A lot of crazy stuff tonight. Penguins beat the Predators 4-0. Penguins have already played three games. They're now 1-1-1. Get, get a win. Yeah,
2: they, they lose 10-1, come back the next day, win 4 nothing. Just normal for the Stanley Cup champions.
1: Alexander Ovechkin had a hat trick in the first period against the Canadians. Just for good measure, he scored his fourth goal of the game in the second period. Caps beat the Habs 6-1. Ovechkin, seven goals in two games.
2: Now, that's a pretty good pace. Everyone thought McDavid, three in the first game. Well, it's 200 and some goals he's going to get. Well, Ovechkin now with seven in his first two hockey games. Ovechkin is playing very, very well to start the NHL season.
1: Hurricanes, their first game of the season. They're going to be in Edmonton next Tuesday. They beat the Wild 5-4 in a shootout. Blues are 2-0, knocking off the Stars. 4-2, Dallas goes to 0-2 Chicago winning 5-1 over the Blue Jackets, we were talking earlier about the Golden Knights being 2-0 they get a 2-1 overtime win in Arizona the Flyers beat the Ducks 3-2 in overtime, the Flames fell behind 3-1 but then beat the Jets 6-3 and it's the Kings over the Sharks 4-1 so what is that, uh, 13 goals against in two games for the Jets who are here on Monday?
2: Do you think Todd McClellan's going to be talking before the game on Monday? Shoot? Just shoot, shoot from anywhere. On, the goaltending, on, yeah. they cannot stop anything. The, the Winnipeg Jets' Achilles heel for a number of years has been goaltending. They tried to address it in the offseason, bringing in Steve Mason. It has not been good for Steve Mason and the Jets thus far.
1: Baseball playoffs the Dodgers over the Diamondbacks, 8-5, so they go up 2 nothing in that best of five. Washington scoring five in the eighth to rally and beat the Cubs, 6-3 to tie that best of five. 1-1. The U of A Golden Bears start the Canada West season 2-0. and They won at Mount Royal tonight by the score of 5-1. And in the CFL, couple of close ones. Ottawa came from behind to beat BC 30-25. Saskatchewan with a late field goal to knock off Toronto 27-24. Eskimos in Montreal on Monday. We have it on Chad 10-30 for the countdown to kickoff. And the game will start at noon. Harry is on the open line. Hi, Harry. okay I guess he's not there that's all right seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is uh, is how you can get us Rob we're gonna do the midnight news and then we're gonna come back with more post game reaction and more phone calls I just want to clarify because it was brought up during the broadcast Oscar Clefbaum got that tripping penalty mm-hmm. in the uh, in the second period and I know people were talking about well he touched the puck he touched the puck for the 14-15 season the NHL changed the rule here's what it says. The rule relating to tripping will be revised to specifically provide that a two-minute minor will be assessed when a defending player dives and trips an attacking player, regardless of whether the defending player is able to make initial contact with the puck.
2: Yeah, so it used to be if you touched puck, first it it wasn't a trip. Now, regardless if you touch the puck or not, if your body or stick takes the feet out, of the player with the puck, is an automatic penalty. It was the right call.
1: And the rule should benefit the offensive player, so I don't, I don't mind that rule at all. Oilers fall 3-2 Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
0: This is the Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Well, good morning. Five minutes after
1: midnight on what is now Thanksgiving Sunday. Reed Wilkins along with Rob Brown. The Oilers fall tonight. 3-2 to the Canucks. If you miss this one. The Oilers were the second-best team in the game and got what they deserved. They were shorthanded seven times. They uh, squandered some good scoring opportunities. They lost a lot of puck battles. They did press late but could not tie it up. Rob, Kyler Yamamoto didn't play tonight. Cassian, obviously, we praised his play, was up on the line with Nugent Hopkins and Lucic. And Iro Pakarinen came in on the fourth line, which didn't get used a lot. I mean, Kara played five minutes. Pakarinen played 608 uh, because of special teams. So obviously, mm-hmm. Latestu played more, up over 14 minutes. And the Oilers have recalled Anton Slepyshev from the minors. He didn't get into a preseason game because of an injury. Than an illness, could you see Yamamoto maybe getting one more regular season look on on uh, on Monday, considering the fact you know they'll also want to get Sleppishev in there pretty quick. I would think.
2: Hey, I I would imagine that Sleppishev is playing Monday because you're not going to bring him up. I don't think unless he's playing in the game. Just leave him down there because you could have left him for a couple of weeks down in uh, down in the minors if if you weren't going to use him up here. So I believe Sleppishev will play Monday. So that means one guy's coming out of the lineup. No, Kara could also come. That's what I mean. So one yeah. guy's coming out for sure for Slep chef. So if you're going to put Yamamoto in, then you're going to have to take two guys. Now it would be a Pac-Rin and a Kara, and you can make a brand-new fourth line. I think that one of two things will happen. Yamamoto will play on Monday, or Yamamoto will be going down to junior hockey either Monday or Tuesday. Because they've got the five days before their next game. No use keeping him around if you're not going to play him. And if, if you do, he only gets five, six minutes. That's not good for him. And they know that. They understand that. Uh, so they need to take a look at Slepichev. They want to see what they've got in this kid. He had a, uh, an okay regular season. He didn't get a ton of looks on uh, the top six. But he had a, a good playoff. He's a big, strong player. He's got a good shot, a hard shot. And they're hoping that he can be a, you know, a top six right winger, very worst in the top nine. And this will be his first opportunity this year to show what he can do as he missed training camp and missed the exhibition season. So he'll get an opportunity and to, he's got, there's there's spots to be taken and hopefully he'll be able to grab one.
1: All right. Milan Lucic with an assist tonight in the Order's 3-2
4: loss. Here he is. But at the end of the day, I mean, uh, our power play just hasn't been good enough. Uh... In the last game we weren't able to get anything going on two power play opportunities. I know we get a goal here tonight, but we have another chance to tie the game up and you know just just not enough uh you know especially uh the first unit there just not enough uh volume uh, as far as uh our power play unit goes, so we uh, I'm sure that's something that the uh, coaches will have us work on tomorrow, so it can sharpen up uh, moving forward. Was it an execution thing? Do you feel like he has generated enough shots? Or yeah, just like I said, just trying to create more volume, maybe trying to sim- uh, simplify things. Uh, you know, looking for that extra pass sometimes being too cute uh, doesn't always work. So um, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to: is is a bounce, and and uh, but at the end of the day, we know as a 20-man unit, we have to be uh, much better. You were so good in the first game, you know, defensively as well, but you just made
5: mistakes and you capitalized on
4: it. Yeah, and 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 I mean, not every game is going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes, and it's it's how you uh, come back from those mistakes uh, is is ultimately what's going to control uh, your destiny as far as uh, your season goes so we uh, I'm sure we will go over all the mistakes we made here today tomorrow on video and uh, try to have a better defensively sound game like we did on Wednesday Monday night
1: all right so Lucci start talking about the power play Oilers were one for five with the man advantage tonight couple of shorthanded chances for the Canucks the Canucks power play goes one for seven with the goal not coming off a a traditional setup, it was Horvat, make it a a great play. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably both teams, despite getting power play goals, not overly happy with how the man advantage looked.
2: Well, it's one of those where the penalty-killing unit's that good or where the power play's that bad, and I think it was a bit of both. I thought the Oilers' penalty killing was very aggressive. It didn't allow the Vancouver Canucks time to set up. I mean, the Sedins, who have feasted on the Oilers over their years, especially on the power play, uh, you never saw anything out of them when they had their opportunities and they had numerous chances the Canucks tonight to put this game away early you know they, they had a lead a two goal lead with power plays that would have extended it to three goal leads and they got nothing going and the Edmonton Oilers as Lucic talked about they had a chance in the third period late in the third period to tie the game up on the power play and they got nothing going on and it and
1: almost got scored on and it and
2: almost got scored on. actually yeah if Persuad doesn't make a fantastic save on Granlin, yeah, the game is over at that point so Uh, Power plays, to me, are a little harder to get going at the beginning of the season because it's all repetition, practice, playing with each other, Uh, whereas penalty killing is just simply hard work. It'll come. There's too much talent for it not to, but you don't want to squander opportunities. You don't want to squander points because the points that you're not winning here right now at the beginning of the season could come back and haunt you at the end of the year.
1: Henrik Sedin played 13 and a half minutes, Daniel Sedin played 14.02. I mean, I, yeah, things are changing in Vancouver. Well,
2: I, I think I counted about five or six forwards that played more than them. Yeah. And there's a n- number of them that played right around the same. Yeah, they're they're not called on as much as they were before. They, aren't, they are not the stars of the team anymore. So that is, it is good that the Vancouver Canucks going forward have guys that can step into that role. A Bo Horvat, for example. But it also that's a lot of money spent on guys that are playing twelve, thirteen minutes.
1: Having said that, when one of them has the puck behind the net or along the <laughs> boards, I'm still thinking, like, what? Where is he going to pass this that no one
2: else sees where it's going? And we saw that tonight the the incredible pass that he made to Vanek on the power play. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it was Henrik or Daniel. I don't know. They I get mixed up. They look the same to me, um, but they Van, it was a wonder. And Vanek's got to bury that. But it they they cannot skate at the level in this league to be superstars anymore. But if you get them from the ringette line down and they have the puck, they are just as good. They are just as smart. It's a lot like Yarmer Jagger we're going to see in in Calgary when he starts playing for them. He doesn't have the speed that he used to have, but with the puck on his stick, his brain still works. And we saw that with the Sedins. They still think the game better than just about anyone else out there.
1: Uh, We were clarifying that cleft bomb tripping penalty earlier Uh, early in the game Vancouver got a penalty for too many men It, it, it looked like on the replay the player going off the ice had both his skates off the ice and the other player jumping over the boards whacked Kajula's the puck off Kajula's stick and we were looking at that and saying, "Well, wait—the guy's off, but the player coming onto the ice can't actually engage in the play until he has both skates on the ice, and he only had one skate on the ice." So the best we could figure from reading the rule book, that was the right call, even though the one player was off. Yeah,
2: and there's been a lot of—we we watched the one—the the one in the New York-Toronto game too, where we're like, "Okay, did that? They get that call right or wrong?" There's a lot of calls that were very quick that are very unusual and every time the ref or the linesman got them right tonight. And that was, we, we've seen it before, where if a guy's in the penalty box, coming out of the penalty box, he cannot stick his stick out and stop the puck. Even though his penalty is over, he does not become a player on the ice until both feet are on the ice, and it's the same as that at the at the bench. On the too many men penalty, so the linesmen, the referees, all there's three weird plays, two in our game and one in the Toronto game, and they got them right each time.
1: Just so I bring them up, because we will, we will tell you when we think they got it wrong. Oh, absolutely.
2: So, so yeah. we double checked
1: those, and and yeah, that's why they were called that way. So good stuff there. Oilers lose three-two to Vancouver. Here is the Oilers center slash right winger Leon Draisaitl. I don't
7: want to play that type of game. You know, we don't want to count on on the last couple of minutes. We want to. Um, you know, play play the full six, and we didn't we didn't do that tonight. So, um, you know, they played a tight game. They played a good game. So, um, I guess you could say they deserve to win tonight.
6: Did you guys feel like you were as defensively sound as you were perhaps on opening night against Cali?
7: Uh We had too many mistakes. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes uh, individual mistakes throughout the whole lineup. Uh, not not only one guy. I think every every guy had had one of those, and, and that's just too many. But um, you know, we'll bounce back and uh, we'll be back strong next year. Well, LB came in and really played well had, you know, in the game and lost by a goal. Yeah, he played played really good. Uh, he gave us a chance to to come back. Uh, too bad we couldn't do that for him tonight.
1: All right, so that's Leon Dreisaitl. He and Connor McDavid held off the score sheet. The Oilers lose 3-2 to Vancouver. McDavid had a 15-game regular season point streak dating back to last year, that ends tonight. All right. hope you have a great Thanksgiving Sunday. Here's what's coming up on 6.30, Chad, on Thanksgiving Monday. At 10.30 in the morning, Morley and Dave will sign on with the countdown to kickoff from Montreal. The Eskimos play the Alouettes. They'll have the play-by-play at noon. At 5.30, Bob and I will sign on from Rogers Place for the face-off show as the Oilers host the Winnipeg Jets. The game will start at 7. Going to be a fun Monday here on 6.30, Chad. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening, the Oilers Fall 3-2 to the Canucks. You can get more on 630chet.com. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Have a good one.